0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. I'm
1: sorry, I can't introduce myself. I'm on Twitter, bro. Oh, my. Yeah. Why not? Leave me alone. I'm busy yourself? with the tweeting.
0: That's true. It's yeah. an important job. It's an Somebody has to do it. Job. Somebody <laughs> has to keep the Twitter Somebody machine going has every time. to be each and on Twitter. <laughs> well,
1: you know, it's fine
0: because I know, I'm sure you're looking up all the news and the latest uh, information sh- about video games. Yeah. <laughs> what well, we love to talk about here at Team Chat Podcast because we're a weekly show where we talk about video games. The ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out on Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and others. You can also watch video versions of each episode on YouTube and Twitch. Although, i got to say, you know, we're a weekly show. Sometimes things don't go to plan. I'm sorry, Twitch viewers. I am behind on episodes, and I apologize. I have not forgotten about you, and I'll make it up to you by streaming all those episodes. It's going to be an episode-heavy week. Sit tight, strap yourselves in. But you can see a full list of all the places where you can listen to and or watch us on teamchatpodcast.com slash where to listen. You can also find us on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We also have a Discord channel that you can join or Discord server technically is the appropriate nomenclature that you can join. We also have a Patreon page and we're a completely listener supported show and you can head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast and check it out where if you're really loving what we're doing and creating for you each and every week and if you really feel so moved, please. Support the show with a dollar or more, and in return, we will give you a cool perk, such as getting the episodes early before their general Tuesday release, and access to a private ser- channel on our Discord server, the Rogues Gallery. It's a lot of fun. We hope to see you there. But that concludes my introduction. Wrapped it up nicely. But before we get into the topic of today, inside Before we move on to that, I told her to yes, remind me about right. this. Oh, you caught yourself, because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to
1: forget, too.
0: <laughs> note, another note on the production side of things here. Like I've mentioned a couple times before, we did change our podcast hosting service from SoundCloud over to Fireside.fm recently. I kept both up and running at the same time just to make sure that nothing, everything, the transition went smoothly and all that stuff. And just to make, be sure that there weren't any like weird drops in, in plays, issues, anything like that. Well, that time has passed, and it's now time to draw a close to our hosting on SoundCloud. Now, what does this mean for everyone? Really, it should mean nothing. Every You should still be able to get your... Each episode on a we- weekly basis from the our, your podcast provider of choice, and you will still be able to listen to the episodes on SoundCloud. The only thing that's going to change is that when we're, you're on a free account with SoundCloud, you can't have like this unlimited storage of tracks. Right. So basically, you're going to lose the backlog. I think we can have, with the monthly limits of space, we should be able to have somewhere between three to five of the last episodes up. But that's only, like I said, should only affect our SoundCloud listeners. And I do want to give a special shout out to our listener, Joseph Branner, who's been commenting on our SoundCloud stuff lately, responded back, we see you.
1: Sorry, Joseph. We appreciate all of our SoundCloud
0: (laughs) listeners. But like I said, this will not uh, stop you from being able to listen on the SoundCloud platform at all. Uh, you can s- still listen there and other podcast services around the web, like I said.
1: And the full backlog is up virtually everywhere You can find else. it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify,
0: yeah. literally everywhere else. Just now that we're not using the main storage and hosting uh, SoundCloud, you're not going to be able to find that on SoundCloud anymore. But if you, if anyone comes across any issues at all that we may have missed once we do finally close the curtain on SoundCloud, which will be happening this week uh, that you're listening to this episode, please let us know. Send us an email, teenchatpodcast at gmail.com. Comment do whatever facebook uh, let, twitter yeah all you the can things, just be like at
1: team chat so yo stuff's broke and we'll exactly. be like
0: oh crap and we will fix it <laughs> and we'll we fix want it you to get this lovely gaming goodness to yourself to you each and every week okay now that's out of the way the that important business now we can talk about some news
1: indeed so couple of things just in case you missed it this past weekend on march 1st dead or alive 6 came out for ps4 xbox one and pc i know you did because you were living the dead or alive in bermuda i was yeah so you get a pass on that one Thank you. and then i think it's really funny when like Naming stuff like this kind of happens at the same time. Because Dead or Alive 6 is coming out March 1st or came out March 1st. Mm-hmm. And then Left Alive. Is coming out as a, right?
0: And what's the difference here? I
1: don't, Left Alive, <laughs> I guess it's a different game. I don't know what it is. I know what Dead or Alive That'd is, but not Left if, Alive. would be hilarious if Left
0: Alive was also on its sixth inter- iteration. Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> Maybe we should just uh, recommend that to them. It's not too late to change it. Uh Anyways, on March 5th, as of this episode's uh, air date, Left Alive comes out for PS4 and PC. And then coming very soon on March 7th, we have Total War, Three Kingdoms for PC. Mm. On March 8th, Devil May Cry 5. There it is. Oh, man, already.
0: That one's kind of stuck up on me.
1: Already, it is right on us, dude. Uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Again, that is Devil May Cry 5, March 8. And also on March 8th, Kirby's Epic... Oh, excuse me. Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn comes Ooh. out for the 3DS on March 8th as well. So I don't know what the difference is between Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn and Kirby's Epic mm-hmm. Yarn. I wonder if it's a formal sequel. Maybe it is. I'll have to look it up after this. Yeah, it's it almost like I should have done my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but awesome. a couple of other quick things about mostly Nintendo news that you may have missed. Of course, Jared and I's schedules have been kind of crazy lately, so we haven't been able to work these things into the more recent past episodes. But right,
0: we, like I said, my trip to Bermuda, we had to pre-record yeah, for that. Thanks one. a
1: lot. Dude. I'm sorry,
0: but you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta disconnect sometimes from the games.
1: Just got a fun and sun. <laughs>
0: I know, fun and sun. I did. That's
1: so great. somebody that gets to have all of the fun and sun. In the world that he rightfully deserves. A couple of weeks ago, Reggie Fizami, president of Nintendo North America, did announce his formal retirement.
0: It was surprising. I was actually I, in Bermuda I had no when the idea. news came, when the news broke, and I immediately like, sent a message on our Discord. I was it's talking like, about it. I was like, what is this? What's happening? even though, like, and this is what I was trying to write down, even though I haven't been the biggest Nintendo I would I would even say fan really like uh, with with buying the switch I've gotten more into the Nintendo world than I have even growing up and stuff like that but even in the short amount of time that I would call myself like a big Nintendo fan lately I've loved Reggie Dude Reggie is
1: everybody's like
0: cool uncle
1: yeah. Reggie's the best yeah. and it sucks that he's not going to be like it he, really the does. face of Nintendo nintendo north america anymore if you emotional I i'm
0: just kidding but i love though that like even on twitter and everything i was told sam i was just like people are acting like he's dead like uh, he, the amount of the, the, the good news is the, he's not dead, yeah, he's, definitely not dead. <laughs>
1: he's just retiring and who
0: knows may not be the last time we see him in video games but yeah, for now he you know, probably he's a step back.
1: he probably made more money than
0: Buku's. yeah
1: he's probably okay he's okay <laughs> yeah. He's just going to be able to finally uh, enjoy his own games on his own beach mm-hmm, somewhere, mm-hmm. having a peaceful and restful life. So, Reggie, God bless you. God bless you. You did so much for Nintendo and so much for North America mm-hmm. specifically. We're going to miss you, but he is being replaced by a hilariously named man named Doug
0: Bowser. The, and
1: that's not a joke. This the way guy's that the stars alive to Bowser. make that happen is incredible. I, I, it's just magic. It is magical. It's the magic of Nintendo.
0: And I love that he's already seemingly jumping into the fun shoes that Reggie is leaving behind because when he posted the picture of, the, you know, saying that, hey, I'm going to be the new president, you know, they had Mario and Luigi plush toys tied up in the back. It was great. Like, that was I loved really that. Funny. that was a nice touch.
1: I feel like Nintendo's public presence, especially through their higher-ups, does always kind of skew to a bit more of like light-hearted humor mm-hmm. than, say, any of the heads of Xbox, Sony. Oh, yeah. Like, Sean I mean, Layton have from you Sony, ever, and,
0: Phil, and you know, and all that. Uh, Phil Spencer from. Have,
1: you mean uh, Phil Spector? <laughs> no, did murderer? I, did I no, say just, the wrong one? No, okay. I, no,
0: you said the right one. But in my head, it's always Phil Spector. Right, and I know it's very, very <laughs> confusing. But you know, yeah, they they seem to present themselves, and Re, not saying Reggie doesn't, but like they do seem to be more like we're business. We're here to talk about, about the cool business. we cool cutting edge Whereas stuff. We're here for business. Reggie's making like funny videos where he's like, doesn't he get his face like melted off as of well I won by Bowser <laughs> and did some other stuff like that? Like He does some funny stuff. Oh like man. It's fun Reggie's to see him actually hysterical. having fun. And that's yes. what made part of his tenureship as the head of Nintendo of North America is so great to be a part of.
1: My favorite gif that I use all the time to indicate my impatience with things is that one of Reggie like, kind of doing some sort of weird dance and he's like looking at his watch and he's like,
0: <laughs> I think you've seen that. I've seen oh you my use that gosh, one. I don't know what it's from. One. <laughs> but I think, I think I've seen it, yeah.
1: I also don't remember what it's from at this point. I just love it, and I'm going to miss Reggie so much.
0: You know, he ushered in, helped usher in the age of cross play between Xbox and Nintendo. He did. He did some great things. So <laughs> He's done he,
1: more with his time than most others do with theirs. So yeah, kudos to him. He's done some great
0: him. things. We can list all of his accomplishments, but they're great and wonderful. And another one that kind of reminded me is similarly veined that i also remember because this news broke when i was in bermuda too that now it does seem that xbox game pass is going to be coming to the nintendo switch allowing for all the streaming capability games there to be played on the switch which whoa 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 that would
1: be amazing amazing it, who knows it might just be a rumor but enough
0: because i haven't ha- heard a lot on it since then like there was the initial articles coming out saying that it's a rumor thing then i saw that french one that i shared to that french article uh that i shared to our discord that said seemed to confirm that cuphead and orion and the blind Forest were going to be two of the first games you can't games trust to come the french there i mean I, that's why i ran it up there i was like maybe our canadian friends Ark and Kirok, could like help break down this news translate the article yeah, for us i if don't anything. think they speak french i've never asked them honestly but i just think they, they're canadian I, I no, they smarter don't. than us mm, no, dual b- probably, no. bilingual I, mean. I don't think no <laughs> you don't I'll, think so i'll ask okay. <laughs> <laughs> i
1: strongly don't think so i've known Ark for a long time and she's never spoken french to me oh, oh gosh maybe, she
0: just maybe right she's just maybe she's keeping
1: secrets yeah. let's
0: hope not let's hope not
1: anyways i would feel very betrayed <laughs> In other, so that
0: would be pretty sweet, too. So if that, that would came be pretty fruition. sweet.
1: And then one more bit of Nintendo news, and this is more recent. So, this past week, just in case you missed it, uh, Nintendo did have a special Nintendo Direct just for Pokemon, because they did announce that the new Pokemon title is going to be coming out for the Switch this year, 2019. Uh, they didn't indicate exactly what quarter or approximately when it's going to be out. My best guess is holiday season. I would imagine holiday. I think it's probably going to come out mid-fall. Because isn't
0: that when Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee came out? That was also like November, late October?
1: Probably. Something along those lines. But that would make the most sense, I think, financially speaking. Uh, That's when I'm expecting it. The new game is going to be... featuring the Galar region, Galar region. I don't know how you want to say it. It's modeled after the United Kingdom, more or less. Um, It looks like it's very... That's an interesting switch. I know, right? It looks like it's very inspired by the architecture of England, Scotland. Uh, So it's going to be kind of centered on that type of region in aesthetic, obviously, not in name. Uh, It's sort of like what they did with, I think it was Pokemon Black and White? Okay. That were featured on like a Parisian setting. Was that black I'm honestly and white? not
0: sure. I'm not as familiar. Oh gosh. My, my P, P, Pikachu Pokemon knowledge is not very. It wasn't strong.
1: Sun and Moon. That was Hawaii. I think Black and White is supposed to be kind of like uh, on a region that's Unova. I get them all confused. You're talking... I definitely played that game, and it looked like Paris. I don't remember which one it was.
0: I have French feelings while being here.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. The point is, uh, Twitter's exploding with hysterical Pokemon oh, jokes from Scotland and Britain, ruthlessly making fun of themselves. It is fantastic uh, and the game looks gorgeous it does it i will say
0: i really, really love good. the art style that they oh uh, it's one.
1: fantastic it's really just the evolution of how i th- i swear it was black and white of how black and white and obviously sun and moon have looked just kind of grown up obviously it just has a little bit more processing power than the right. handhelds on the 3ds so i'm looking forward to it and the new starters are a Adorable. They do look pretty cute. So, if I'm not mistaken, their names are Grookey. He's my favorite. He or she, let's not make assumptions here, uh, is like the grass starter type. It looks like an adorable little monkey creature. Yep. Normally, I hate monkeys. I don't know if you know that about me. I do not know that hate about em. you. Hate uh, them. But Grookey is okay. Yeah, hates monkeys. Write that down. <laughs> the other one I think is fire bunny i don't know what its name and the
0: one's is like the water that's
1: like squeak. yeah soodle swoodle sad water creature he looks sad yeah. <laughs> i don't remember what <laughs> his name is but anyways the new starters are really cute somebody on our discord did comment that they were like kind of bummed that they didn't switch it up with the starters which not gonna lie that's something i literally never thought of oh really and now that someone has brought it up i'm like oh
0: uh, yes, huh. I agree. That,
1: that would be kind of nice. Yeah. Like, if the starters weren't fire, water, and grass type. Mm-hmm. I feel like Pokemon has had enough iterations by now that maybe they can afford to take some bigger risks. Maybe that would be pretty fun. Like, yeah. what if the starters were psychic, dark, and steel type? It so, would change the game quite a bit from, from the outset. Forget my ignorance.
0: But they have usually always started always. with grass, water, and...
1: All starters are always grass, fire, and water type. Okay. Like, those are your only three options. <laughs> Except, like, maybe a couple of weird side games where you got Pikachu. But
0: there are, like, other... Again, I, my ignorance of, of Pokemon is vast. But there so but there are other types. Not limited to those three. I told you, it's vast. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes! <laughs> <Okay>. What? What?
1: <laughs> There's so many
0: I'm, again i' like i'm i flying rock
1: steel electric ground so just everything um, fighting okay. so and the joke is that all of the recent not all but a lot of the more recent um past game starter types have almost invariably invariably evolved to be like grass fighting water fighting fire fighting, like dual types there's fairy type now you are so behind
0: yeah anyways I, I am but at this point why even my whole thing is like ghost there's ghost type. i want like i want to understand but at this point why even try
1: what type would you have assumed gengar was Oh, my God. Never yeah. mind. Never mind. again wow. If they, if they, if they wow. appear
0: in a Super Smash Brothers, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I might know who they are.
1: Jesus. <laughs> I
0: okay. told you. It's fast. It's fast. Moving
1: right along. So the point is Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon Sword oh, and Shield. Sword and Shield. I didn't even say the name. You're right. Pokemon Sword and Shield coming out 2019 based on a region that resembles the UK. Looks like it's going to be amazing. Hurrah. Hurrah. Hurrah.
0: Pokemon fans rejoice. They are. Now, we do have one little bit last bit of news because this is honestly one that we just could not ignore. I don't want to go super into it, I don't want to spend a lot more time on it because we've I want to get into our main topic. But the timing of last week's episode, dude, <laughs> what even? What even? So, for those of you who don't know, or maybe first time listening to the show, last week we launched like a like we did a soft launch kind of of a brand new uh series topic series that we wanted to start called industry spotlights, where we were going to highlight either Companies or people from the gaming industry, you know, the eventual hope would be that we get some interviews and different stuff like that later on. But for this one, this first one, we decided we went off a one of our patrons suggestion Riven. He suggested that we start and do one on THQ Nordic.
1: Thanks a lot, Riven.
0: Sounds great because THQ Nordic, (laughs) they do publish a lot of great games, a lot of fun ones. And they have a strong market niche where they're at. So we're like, this is perfect. We do the episode. The day the episode comes out, literally the day the episode comes out. THQ Nordic then decides it's a great idea to do an AMA on 8chan.
1: The, the real scandal here is that 8chan has been, I think, convicted of, of hosting, Google
0: will not. I was reading up on this. Google do, will not show their search. Yeah, so uh, show results because they've been.
1: It's been proven that they they have or are still hosting. I think child pornography. Yeah, and that's not okay. Along with a
0: host, of a plethora of other and terrible things. That's
1: it's horrible. Uh, and the strangest thing to me about this is that why would THQ Nordic choose 8chan and not? Reddit, right? Reddit is the arguably known, the more widely known, honestly, and potentially less toxic, and really common. It like it's super common for all types of companies to do Reddit yeah, AMAs. People do Reddit AMAs. Why like, wouldn't a whole you have chosen Reddit? It's just baffling, it is. and I I don't know what what went into that decision. But uh, thanks for making us look like because um, I
0: mean I gotta say I yeah. was telling you before we started like. In a backhanded way, we benefited because our episode got a lot of traffic. A lot. So I mean, it worked out well for us in that regard. But also, but, not necessarily the same news we wanted associated with yeah, this it topic. Wasn't like good news. Well, and you know, the one thing too, it's not like we were necessarily coming out and being like THQ is Nordic is the greatest ever. Obviously, they're fallible. They make mistakes like everything else does. Yeah. And they chose that week to make a big boo boo. Yeah. But Obviously, since then, they've come out and apologized profusely. Their PR heads have been working, you know, have been like coming out sit, trying to like negate the situation. I think it's going to be, I don't know if any, haven't really seen if any real damage has been done other than obviously this is a pretty big tarnish on THQ Nordic's reputation. But, you know, it's, I think it's going to be one of those things that's going to be looked back on and. Laughed at like how dumb?
1: How dumb how do you dumb. have to be? Yeah. So all right. Anyway, we had
0: we had to touch on that because the timing could not have aligned.
1: It, it's more I, like inconveniently. Some, sometimes I feel like we talk about stuff, and then by us talking about it, we've somehow created we world events. Are the
0: trendsetters? <laughs>
1: <laughs> not it's even true. trendsetters i think that In we just accidentally world. like speak magic into the world and then crap happens and we're like well
0: it's because we started playing boom. magic the gathering that's what it is we've You're unlocked right. the dark the dark arts within ourselves dark
1: arts of card <laughs> games yeah
0: <laughs> our parents are right to tell us to avoid those or my yeah, at least.
1: probably all right anyways just type kidding, of here there. To <laughs> but
0: here we go we're going to jump into our main topic of the day, which, like I said in last week's episode, we are going to do our first impressions of Anthem. Both of us have played the game.
1: Oh my gosh, and we both are enjoying it. We both I are. I think quite a bit, and I we're think really so. excited
0: about it. Granted, again, this is our first impressions. We're going to not be giving like a full definitive... Score, review everything of this game and we won't even really probably touch on story stuff that much at all and this is really going to be fairly spoiler free uh we might say a few things at the very beginning of the game just to give some context to some points that we're talking about but again uh listen easy dear friends that uh, we won't drop any too massive of a bomb because I mean, like we're not even that far. Yeah, into Yeah, we haven't it yet. even gotten like far enough. The game enough came out when I was in Bermuda, so <laughs> I've, I was a little behind there. I'm a level ten. I wanted to at least get that yeah. far because then I knew by then I could have unlocked two of the javelins. I could be, and that seems like a pretty good first benchmark right. to get to. I'm
1: level thirteen, by the way,
0: guys. Um, I'm doing way better than Jared. So, okay. so I gotta say though, obviously Anthem, published by EA and Bioware, developed by, uh, sorry published by EA, developed by Bioware, and uh, is the latest entry in what is known as kind of the loot shooter genre of games. <laughs> loot shooter. Uh, honestly, a fairly... <laughs>
1: I've never heard that before, really. Oh, really.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of how you decide, like the Division, Destiny, Anthem now kind of fall into all this. Huh. I would assume not quite the same, but yeah, yeah, those are the, the big ones that I kind of think of in that in that okay, self-proclaimed I gotcha. genre, I guess you could say. Indeed. Uh, but I'm honestly surprised, I got to say, that you're into it. I wouldn't have necessarily thought it was one that you would have been super excited about. So
1: here's the thing. We will get around to why I think I am liking it so much, and it's probably not what you're thinking. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to make an interesting parallel, and you're going to be like, huh, how about that? Interesting.
0: (laughs) I kind of see where... You might have a connection to it, so I'm interested to see where, if we line up on, on we'll why. We'll see about that, but think. first so let's, let's give a
1: little bit yeah, of uh, some background context about what the game is like. So the idea is that you the game takes place in this world of its own called Bastion, if I'm yes. not mistaken. And Bastion not is... Not to
0: be confused with Super Giants.
1: Yes, not that Bastion.
0: Excellent game, Bastion. And
1: also not Hollow Bastion from...
0: Oh, I know this one. You I know, know this, one. this one. I believe just in you, dude.
1: Yes, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Not that Bastion either. So it's a different Bastion. How may, how popular is the name Bastion
0: now? I, I understand it. It's a cool name. It's a cool name. For it's like, a cool stuff, name like, but, like sci-fi name. So
1: the point is, it takes place on this world called Bastion. Uh, the concept is... It's kind of a hybrid world of both human inhabitants and these weird alien inhabitants. Um, There are a couple of different factions of humanity. Some of them are, I don't know what you'd call them, the normal guys. Your yeah. people? Well,
0: there's like the Sentinels. Who the is Sentinels, won. there
1: we go, yes. But that's not like... It's not... What I mean is like the difference between the Dominion, right, which right, is right, like right, this right, faction right, right. from the north that are like these conquerors. They're the bad guys, basically. Right. And then there's you and your people who are like normal Well, dudes. the player...
0: You're- your technique, the character you play as, is technically called a freelancer.
1: Yes, but that's. And then
0: there are Sentinels, yeah. which is another. But in like, a broader context, right, right, right. there's
1: like the Dominion, and they're the bad guys. And then there's you and all of your people, which right. are a hodgepodge, melting pot of all kinds of different things. And
0: then there's like these other groups, like the Scars, the Outlaws. Yeah, the
1: Scars are like these weird alien creatures that remind me of like those little scrubby dudes from Halo.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: right? I couldn't remember what they were called either.
0: Grunts. Just grunts.
1: Grunts. Yeah, yeah, yeah grunts. kill us. I know. <laughs> Let's not talk about <laughs> it. Uh, but the idea is that this world, Bastion, has all of these leftover relics that are called Shaper relics. And I gather that the Shapers is kind of the term that they use for their gods. Mm-hmm. So the Shapers are supposedly this race that founded the world of Bastion. They're seemingly super intelligent because of all the crap they left behind. Right, And something that they left behind is called the anthem of creation and that's kind of the key point of where all the story of bastion is sort of centered around and where the
0: game got its name
1: and where the name true game got its name shut up (laughs) anyways (laughs) uh, so the anthem of creation is this thing that nobody really understands it is in essence the game describes it as a song and when the anthem acts out or like shaper relics react to the anthem in an unexpected way they sort of go haywire and they cause these things called cataclysms so let's say that my phone is a shaper relic why not and it hears the anthem too loudly question mark blah yeah that kind of stuff uh it might go haywire and then the ground opens into a chasm and we all fall to our deaths
0: but not only like the it having a reaction in the physical sense like the ground opening up but it could also create and spawn creatures Yeah, sometimes just seems it like this, just
1: drives the world crazy this
0: untapped like energy source basically is what yeah it
1: exactly it's like uncontrollable energy that just does whatever it wants to in the world with no predictable factors
0: which i really like i do from too a Story. yes aspect. i do
1: too i really like the whole like lore of the shapers i was like oh man this is great i love this kind of stuff
0: <laughs> before we played the game and we might have gotten a little bit of hands-on in the demos and everything's for it I always kind of had, like, it seems there were parallels to Destiny being like this, you know, Fort Tarsus, your big main city, hub city, is kind of like this last, last outpost on this world of Bastion, which is similar to, like, the final city in Destiny and everything on Earth. And then you're protected by this unknown power source in Destiny, the Traveler. and this one, it's the anthem but of creation. But the one thing I like in the big parallel is that in Destiny, the Traveler came and automatically just had these Good tidings basically that it brought to this world. And so you're you everyone obviously sees it, oh, the traveler is a force for good that we must protect. I love that the anthem has that ambiguity of is it really something good? Or is it bad? Pro- probably it seems a little to, of both. It, it seems to have this little bit of both. And I like that it's just not this assumed thing that we look at and be like, this is good and we must protect it because of XYZ. We're protecting it more because we understand what could happen if it fell into like, say, the hands of the Dominion, the the evil. Dudes. Yeah.
1: Just the bad guys. That's just what the yeah, dominion the evil group. is. They're the bad guys. And so,
0: you know, obviously they get a hold of it and are able to, you know, fulfill Manipulate their, plan, it, their blah, plans blah, blah, or whatever they want to do. Very bad. Classic
1: evil guy. Stuff. Exactly.
0: So I like that. It's kind of like this lesser of two evils thing, almost, that you're kind of faced with. So I really like that from a storytelling perspective.
1: Yeah, I do too. So the idea of all of this is that the Anthem causes the Shaper relics to go haywire. The world is kind of in a constant state of semi-chaos, and the people that are there to mitigate all of this chaos are a couple of different factions of groups like Jarrett mentioned. So the primary one at the story's first outset which is we get a bit of like a prequel kind of in the first part of the game that you play that is kind of your tutorial and then the game flashes forward a couple of years after that. But in the beginning there are these people called freelancers and they're the people that pilot the javelins. So your big mechs, your like magical crazy robot suit the javelins are freaking awesome. That you've seen from all the stuff. That's what freelancers do. So it's not just you, protagonist character. You're not the only freelancer. There's still freelancers out there. But in this world of two years into the future, after a bunch of crap goes down that we're not going to talk about, um, basically freelancers' reputation as saviors has been kind of tarnished. Mm -hmm. They've sort of fallen apart along the way. They're much more of a split-divided kind of faction. They don't have the... Public presence that they used to, and they're kind of trying to get back to that state. So all of these other groups, we've got Sentinels. They're kind of like they're the cops.
0: They seem yeah, they they're seem the to be a little more like the organized armed forces yeah. of the. Yeah, exactly. A Fort Tarsus. They're the,
1: they're the buzzkills. Yeah. They're no fun. Sentinels, boo.
0: They, they're <laughs> stepping on the freelancers' fun.
1: They're st- exactly. And then you've got the arcanists, which are basically these kind of scientist types. Mm-hmm. So arcanists, their entire thing is they're trying to figure out what the Shapers did, what Shaper relics do, what can we learn from them, how can we use them to our advantage, how can we use them to not die all the time. That'd be great. So you've got freelancers, arcanists, sentinels, the dominion to the north, and then these people called regulators, which are just normal people kind of, but they're the mafia. Yeah. They're your not necessarily good or bad. They're the crime bosses. Mafia is a great description. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then the one final one would be the ciphers who are this race of people who, I guess you could call them the closest thing to mage-esque, basically, in yeah. this world, where they are the ones who they have the ability to tap into the, the Anthem's song, yeah. basically. And They're basically psychic. Yeah, they can communicate with these relics, and they, they can tell when there are disturbances, and they basically act as like the freelancer's... Link. Link.
1: Yeah. Yes. They're their link to basically what's going down. Right. So, like, the cipher is sort of in your head all the time and even through your comm link, and they talk to you. Mm. Uh, you, protagonist, your cipher is named Owen. Right. Um, and Which he's awesome. Great character. Oh, my God. I love he's Owen. He's very, he's, he's, the he's best already. Best. I've
0: already attached to him similar to how I did in a, from another Bioware series to Varric Tethras. You know, my oh, good buddy yeah, Varric.
1: Yeah, your good pal Varric.
0: Owen's great. Owen his really great. His writing is fantastic. Voice, his voice acting is fantastic.
1: He reminds me of uh, Wheatley.
0: I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, right? he sounded like, at first, I was kind of like, is that Stephen Merchant?
1: Yeah, I was like, Wheatley? What are you doing here?
0: <laughs> and now, just because we're talking about it, and I mean, need so to So anyways, if d- you don't definitively. know,
1: Wheatley is a robot from Portal 2, and he's the greatest character to exist of all time. And Owen reminds me of Wheatley, which makes him, by association, at least like 15th best character? I don't know. I'd have to rank them. Let's not do that. Let's save that for a future episode. TJ
0: Remini. Yeah, I have no idea Owen. who that is. But
1: anyways, care. you're doing a great do- job, Tej. So that's the uh, concept. So freelancers are these people that pilot javelins to do all kinds of odd jobs. Hence the name freelancers. They escort people on missions as basically their security. Mm-hmm. They go out into the field and help find stuff for the arcanists. They... Kill stuff damn it what what pest control yeah like with the scars pest control like yep. yeah scars. so freelancers basically just pick up any odd job that other people can't or don't want to do and that's kind of where you're at when the game starts So did you choose male or female protagonist?
0: I did go with a male protagonist Figures. No, not I'm, just kidding, I'm just kidding. i am I thought kidding, about yeah. it, but, but then I was—I was also like, kind of. I don't know. I just kind of thought about it. and I was like, I want to do this one, right? on. You know, because I was knowing I was playing. I obviously do not care, <laughs> and like, and will play as either. I was just like, I have Cassandra and Assassin's Creed Odyssey right now. You know, some other stuff like that. Fair so enough. I was like, yeah, I'll fair will switch, switch it up,
1: and it makes no difference at yeah, right. all. I mean, your I mean, obviously character, voice
0: actor for your character is different. So
1: actually, the only way that the game even. Uh, basically announces to you that you have the option to choose male or female air quotes is male voice or female voice and I was like oh yeah. so it really is just the voice and then
0: you do choose a you a choose look,
1: your face kind
0: of. but that's of. it like you don't even have any character customization yeah, you into really your, don't. your face because they obviously save all the character customization options for the javelins which
1: thank god because there are so many options oh my god. so you it's, can, o- it's
0: almost overwhelming but yeah. it's so fun to play so
1: you technically can choose what your character looks like but it doesn't even matter because you can never see your character. You're in first-person perspective the whole time. When you're
0: out of your javelin suit. When you're
1: out of your javelin and when you're in it, you're entirely covered by the magical robot suit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of which, which javelin did you pick?
0: So there are the four javelins. There are the ranger, the colossus, the interceptor, and the storm.
1: So I think the ranger is the one that people saw the that's most That's what you start of. off
0: that's what they've always kind of shown off because it's the most versatile of the of the javelins uh in the open demos and everything you do play as the ranger for those missions that you've set up you can then choose later to unlock other ones if you want i think in the demo uh in the game you can't unlock anything until i believe level 2 lets you up unlock level 8 16 and then 20 something i believe is when you can unlock all the javelins because when you start, you start with an old javelin suit that is a ranger sh- suit, and then you have the choice, do you want to keep that javelin, you know, unlock the ranger one, or do you, you can have your choice to unlock any of the other four. Right. Which, so, yeah, I unlocked Colossus first. I
1: did Interceptor. Nice. Yeah, the Interceptor is so freaking the Colossus cool. Colossus is so freaking cool. Oh my cool. god, they're both really cool. So Colossus is the second one that I chose. Okay.
0: Caveats? I chose ranger as my second oh you're so boring because i wanted to play around <laughs> it i liked the ranger suit like i really so did so
1: what's funny is that i was
0: playing with a lot sorry i was playing with a lot of storms already oh, so really? i kind of, i've played with a lot of storms
1: i only get storms every now and then i feel like i get a lot of colossuses and a lot of rangers oh really and a fair amount of interceptors i would actually say that maybe storms are the guys i see the least of oh
0: really most of the maybe time it's just the I'm way the matchmaking is done maybe it is mm
1: yeah usually there's only one Colossus and then like me and then a couple of Rangers that's almost always the makeup but um, so the Colossus as the name would imply is essentially the tank Mm -hmm. so the Colossus is this big robot has a lot of shields maybe more health question mark he has
0: more health he doesn't have a rechargeable shield like the Ranger javelin does and I don't know about Storm and Interceptor since I haven't played those classes does the Storm have a rechargeable shield
1: I'm not the Storm I'm the Interceptor so I don't know but the Interceptor the shield does recharge and something that's unique about the Interceptor is it's the fastest and most agile, right? Mm. The faster you are physically moving, the faster your shield recharges. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. So it's like, man, if you need shields, run! Just make fast movements! Go somewhere!
0: (laughs) So the Colossus doesn't have a a rechargeable... He does have a rechargeable shield, but it's not like how the ranger and the interceptor and all that, where it's another bar above his health. It's a actual like physical shield. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. And I'm like, that can be damaged enough where it breaks finally. But it also allows you to have some really cool abilities. Like right now, one of the components that you can add into your javelin to boost its abilities in the forge, which is the forge just kind of the overall, here's where you customize the appearance, your loadouts, choose your javelins, all that different stuff. Um, I chose to have a component put in that boosts, the damage done to my shield when i run into enemies while sprinting oh
1: so I, that's I, fun I have, it's <laughs> like and it's one
0: that's like 300% base damage so i can just run through a i can just Line up a group of, like, Scars, just charge into them with my shield, and it just obliterates them. That's got to so feel great. great. It's so great.
1: <laughs> oh, that's really fun. Uh, so the Interceptor is, of course, not like a heavy hitter. Right. I'm not exactly charging in there with a shield. Interceptor is more like, I'm going to kind of scuttle around the edges and, like, be in the air, and hopefully you're not going to be able to shoot me. And it has, like, these kind of blade arm thingies. I was going to ask you what
0: the melee
1: yeah, the melee is. Uh, first of all, I didn't think initially that I was going to use the melee a ton, but with the interceptor, it's the best way to do it. I use it. it
0: so much with claws. Oh
1: my gosh, yes. So I love that melee is so much of a mechanic. I feel like with looped shooters, as you have so wonderfully. I will me say, in I did not term. make up that term. I've re- heard it from <laughs> But other I feel like most of these types of games are much more heavily geared towards the weapons, towards yes. using guns. And I feel like I rarely use mine only when like I have to fight something in the air Uh, and even then it's kind of optional because if I can jump high enough I can still kind of bat at them with with my sword arms stop it get down from there (laughs) that kind of stuff but uh, the melee is turning out to be really fun Um, I love just jumping in there swiping around and then running away and they're all dead and I'm like yes
0: this is what I wanted And for me as the Colossus it's awesome because he doesn't have other than his shield he doesn't have a melee weapon he basically just uses his fist and just like slams stuff and it's that's awesome that's
1: gotta be really fun I love
0: <laughs> seeing a big group flying at them at full speed and hitting my melee so I just like slam down to the Bam. earth creating this massive shockwave oh it's so good
1: dude sometimes if I'm on a team with a colossus and they kind of slam down next to me it scares me because I, <gasps> I think they're an enemy <laughs> and I'm like uh.
0: <laughs> well because they do similar look similar in style to those big shielded scar guys Yeah, that and come they're out. just
1: so loud it's yeah. like oh geez, you scared me (laughs) I
0: know what is one of your other like favorite aspects of the of your javelin like what one of his other abilities or whatever that you that you love
1: so the interceptors key
0: oh wait slash we didn't go back did you choose male or female voice
1: female voice okay. yes uh, it's a very standard female voice and i was like oh it has like no personality
0: but- oh see that's interesting i was going to say that i thought that the voice acting cuz this one is different in the case that you're not a voiceless protagonist Yeah, you do that's interact true. and talk and i was surprised how much like i didn't feel like the i enjoyed the emotion and inflections and all that stuff in the basically your vo- your voice is really well done i thought
1: I mean, it's well done. I just feel like, you know,
0: it's just generic. Because it's it has to apply to everybody. exactly.
1: Yeah. It's like the most applicable type of voice and speaking style that can apply to the most people. Mm-hmm. So I don't hate it. Obviously, right. I think it's really well done, but I was like, Oh, I'm not like, you know, old. <laughs> I just want to be an old lady in games. Is that so- yes. Is that so much to ask? I want to be an old grizzled battle hardened woman. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, So the point is, with the Interceptor, I think probably the most fun thing about it is the movement. Mm -hmm. And this kind of applies in a broader concept to Anthem as a whole. Uh, The movement of Anthem is, for me, its most fun and key sticking point. Yes. So with the Interceptor, I think most of the other Javelins only get a double jump, right? Right. Like, you can jump twice mm-hmm, in the air. Mm-hmm. Interceptor gets triple jumps. Ooh. And then in addition to the triple jump, you have a triple dodge. So, you know, That's when you hit circle, you can either dodge left or right or charge forward. So the
0: Colossus doesn't have a dodge. Circle oh, pulls shield.
1: what? Oh, my gosh. So the Interceptor is all jumps, dodges, and basically fast flying and running. Mm. So, like, let's say that I'm up against a Titan. Sure, why not? And it's getting a little bit too close to me. I have not a lot of shields not a lot of health if I take a bunch of hits I'm going to die right and I die a lot <laughs> I'm never <laughs> but,
0: well, because I'm uh, not very good at dodging it but surely though because you are so fast you're sacrificing a lot of health
1: exactly so the idea is that well let's say that Titans getting too close to me if I jump twice in the air real quick and then hold back and circle I'll do a really fast backwards triple awesome. dodge and then I've basically put a ton of ground between me and the things that can hurt me mm-hmm. it's also, really great for dodging turret fire. It's great for dodging magic from like those weird magic wielding guys. I'm like, stop, stop freezing me! I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> But so the interceptor's ability to move around very quickly along with its really fun melee combos, and of course the weapons right. they are actually really intuitive and easy to use. Uh, it's turning out to be fantastically fun
0: what's what, probably your favorite weapon to use so far? Uh,
1: so my two favorite weapons actually have nothing to do with guns. they're my like alt weapons you know, like, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. your and support,
0: your ordnance launcher and your support. Yeah, your, I think it's called your well, strike, the, strike system. Your strike system. system,
1: your strike you. system. Uh, I have both of mine to be themed around acid damage. Ooh. So on the one arm, I have my Venom Bomb, which basically you shoot it, and it's like a little homing missile that explodes into a cloud of acid. Mm-hmm. And then I also have my Venom Spray. So let's say that I'm up in the air. I can use my Venom Bomb to do some initial damage. I slam down with my melee, and then I use Venom Spray right in front of me. It kills 90% of enemies immediately. And I don't i was to say that to sounds very him.
0: similar to my to the Colossus's point. It's thrower. really, yeah.
1: I've seen the Colossuses using the flamethrower, oh. and I'm like, I'll just run behind my you, God. dude. You do your thing. <laughs>
0: The flamethrower—it's
1: really fun looking.
0: Oh my god! I was playing with my buddy Kyle, and I was using the flamethrower. <laughs> it was like my first time to use it, and I was like, "This is so cool!" <laughs> just like because it has a—it's not like it runs out of of gas it quickly. Doesn't? It lasts for a long time. Does it really? <laughs> so same thing. I can be using my shield charge ability, run into this huge group of dudes, smash them, and then just turn on my flamethrower and just start obliterating fools. And it is the best feeling that sounds awesome (laughs) not to mention the ultimate of the Colossus have you seen that be used no so basically, tell,
1: describe, there, I'm frequently confused in Anthem by what's happening on. around. I will me. say that so there is a lot going it, on. Describe it, and I'll tell you I if think I think if you I've saw seen it, it,
0: you would know because it basically is like he drops three mini nukes, is what it seems.
1: Oh my gosh! Wait, maybe that's when I think I'm taking damage, but I'm not
0: because I you do you use it. The launch animation is like this. HUD comes up, this big yellow circle. Like you get, the, you pull out this huge launcher, and you are just. I usually use it. I fly up really high and then just like rain down. Like a bazooka. Yeah. But it's basically the amount and size of the explosions and the damage reach is like it's a mini nuke, but you shoot three of them. It's the best. That does sound really cool. Boom. Boom is, oh my god.
1: Do you become semi-invincible when you use your ult?
0: You do recharge your shield and health, I've noticed. That's
1: interesting, because whenever, have you ever seen the Interceptor do its ult?
0: Mm-mm, I don't think so.
1: It looks like a wild dance of swords. Oh, it's really? fantastic.
0: Is it like a, just rushes in and does Yeah, basically,
1: move? like if you use your ult, um, it doesn't automatically do it for you, but it puts you into this, like, basically ult mode where you can't use any of your other weapons. All you can use is your melee, but it's super fast. Okay. I have seen somebody use it. Does a ton it. of damage. I thought it was
0: just their normal melee.
1: No, and you can just keep going and going and going. That's and awesome. what's interesting about it, if I'm not mistaken, it makes you kind of invincible for the time that you're in it. Because that would make sense,
0: especially if it's a melee-based attack. Yeah,
1: I mean, you take like no damage. So when I like run up to a Titan and use my ult, I've been using it both offensively for fun, but primarily defensively when you're the interceptor using your ult is the top way to get out of danger oh nice because like if you're surrounded and you use your ult, you gain back all of your health and shields you're kind of invincible for a hot second you kill a bunch of stuff and then as the interceptor you run away mm-hmm. and you're like oh thank god I got out of there and then you let a colossus come in and do his thing and you're like yeah <laughs> take damage the cleanup crew
0: <laughs> yeah and so that's what the one thing I, I really love obviously the the javelins and being the javelins is with the core component, I would say, of this game.
1: Now, we haven't, real quick, mentioned the storm and what it does. So, just FYI, the storm is basically the mage user mm-hmm. of the javelins. It does
0: elemental fire damage, damage
1: ice damage. It can fly for longer than the others. Right. It hovers. So, actually, it's a really fun person to have on your team in terms of setting up combos yes because if you've got a guy up in the sky freezing dudes on the ground and you're the colossus or the interceptor it's the perfect setup to and just I've go got in so there. many like freeze, yes. fi- freeze oh and my fire gosh. combos it's fantastic which
0: that is one part that I'm still I haven't marked on my on my notes here's like a plus minus like I like it and then I'm, but it's kind of a minus because I'm still trying to figure out how to make it work right
1: it, you have to because apparently sure... there's a
0: super in-depth combo system in anthem yeah and it's just very hard to to figure out what launches them and i yeah. and but when they do lo- stick though and so i still give it a plus it feels really so good. good oh it feels so nice. for example flying around planes with some other with some randoms and stuff and we were fighting this group of outlaws and there were like 10 of them in this area the storm froze them all then i used my heavy mortar for my colossus and just destroyed all of them in it one blow great. it was the best yeah it feels the best it was the best <laughs> i love it so much um and then the ranger is again versatile, like good on ground, good on air. Its ult is really cool because it shoots out all these like tiny mini rockets oh, that hit everything. It? It's I never lot, it's even cool look stuff. at the rangers.
1: I count on them to revive me when I've died, <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't look at them.
0: Right. So the big thing too. So since this is a big one, and similar with other Bioware games, which are very RPG, it like have so there's a lot of like class character creation and customization that carries over into Anthem as well. But it's all about in the paint and change up it's of your, of the crafting of your javelin style, yeah. bro. Yeah. There and are tons great. of different materials and colors and vinyl stickers. You can add to your javelins. You can really customize just about everything about them. So I've made mine like these red, white and black combo guys. Oh, they're
1: Quick thing that I do want to mention to anyone else that might be as stupid as me, it took me until yesterday. That is not a joke to learn how to change my paint colors. Okay,
0: so it took me a while to figure that out, So here's the thing, everybody. Again, another thing that's not super very clear that you can do it.
1: Pro tip, when you're looking, let's use this as an example, when you're looking at the screen and you go to, like, the Forge and it's got the customization thing, it'll have, like, a list and it'll be like... Primary soft, secondary soft, tertiary soft, and you'll notice on the left-hand side, it has the materials, which are metallic, fabric, I don't know, dirt, rubber, there we go. And then on the other side, on that right-hand side, it has the colors. (laughs) Turns out, you can click right and hover over that color, and then you click on it, and it pulls up an entire palette Again, of it colors, took me a long time. and I did not know that for the longest time. Kyle kind of had
0: to tell me how to do that because he's, he's a little bit farther. I think he told me he's like oh a level sixteen gosh. already, and he was he told me this, and I was just like. So for a while, for
1: the longest time, I didn't even think it was an option. That was the thing. I figured that you got better gear right, that had different aesthetics. But then I saw a ton of other people that were the same level as me, and their outfits looked awesome. And right. I was like, wait, what are they doing differently that I'm not doing? Uh, see, I went
0: to the, like the featured store, which is where the place that you can buy. Because there are microtransactions in this game. They are limited, though, too, to purely cosmetic items, yes, which, which, is, which is really nice. EA's uh, gotten
1: in trouble before. For for that kind of stuff so it's good mistakes. to know that they've have hopefully learned their lesson.
0: So there is a store that you can... So same thing. I thought they were like buying different paint colors. They had to buy like shaders or something at the stores, whatever. But, so that was a little confusing to me as well.
1: Yeah, it but turns out you just have you to just click have to right a right. little bit. Swipe right, you know? So fun fact, that's how you change your colors and look super cool. Mine is I'm entirely like a white base with Ooh, blue accents. Cool. I look really
0: I pretty. do want to make one with the team, uh, team chat colors. I
1: think I'm going to switch it to pink
0: though. Ooh, yeah, that could um, be fun. Yeah, like got, as the main... Uh-oh. Our producer's having some puppy dreams. Oh my god, Fender, that's wake so up. cute. Wake up! Oh, sorry to wake you up, buddy, but you okay, were just dreaming. he's fine. Barking in his sleep. You're just dreaming. Go back to sleep. Fender. So... Let me think. We t- so we've hit a lot about the javelin stuff. Obviously, great. The flying is incredible. So that's like the, the thing we haven't mechanic. talked about
1: yet that is fantastic.
0: It's so good, and, oh and I gosh. love how it starts off because it's you use your left stick to be. Again, we're playing on console, so you, you lose your left stick, and that's what is your activates your boost, and that can be used for sprinting. That can be used even in the air, but to so to fly to initiate the launch the flying sequence, you basically have to jump or double jump using X. You then just have you to be click, in the air, right? You don't even, you even have to jump; you stick. can
1: fall off something
0: right but if i mean if you're just like walking on the ground you have to x to jump and then l click your left stick and then you boost and take off flying that simple thing has yet to get old
1: i know i'm not uh, and it's something
0: that happens all the time in the game but every time you you take off it's the initial
1: it feels so good it's the best and again
0: shout out to the sound design not even again, like just the sound design of this game is great for that reason. It really the Weapons is. sound great. All the flight mechanics uh, sounds sound awesome. Everything just works and blends so well together.
1: So fun fact, when you do eventually get, wait. When you get your third javelin, because you okay. pick the ranger as your second one, yes, do the interceptor I'm going to. because it's that's so going fun to. because with the interceptor, if you triple jump and then boot and then dodge forward three times in a row and then go into your boost, it's so fun because so, you get so much extra di- distance for nothing. That's awesome. Because the quick caveat, and this is something that I both like and don't like, is that the flying is amazing feels great super fun but it's not unlimited so when you get into the air your boosters do have basically um uh a cool down, I would want to say. Like it Exactly. Because uh, basically, if you're in the air for too long and you're relying on your boosters too heavily, without somehow cooling your suit down, it overheats. And if you overheat in the air, you just crash down into the ground. So the ways and that you can... you can't take
0: off for a little bit. And
1: then you can't take off for a hot second, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're trying to escape from a situation. And if you're
0: a Colossus and it overheats, I've only noticed it more, I've noticed it more with the Colossus than the Ranger. If you overheat, you'll slam into the ground and it takes you a second to like pick yourself up to be up Oh,
1: really interesting uh, so the reason that that's kind of a bummer is that it does suck that you can't go on forever and ever and ever, which would be really nice. Right. But of course there are ways that you can help um, stay in the air longer. So let's say that you've already got a fair amount of altitude. If you go into a quick nosedive, it'll kind of do this whooshing air effect where it cools you down a little bit and then you level back out Mm -hmm. and you can fly a little bit farther. Or the environments of Anthem are really, really nice, lush, natural so there are waterfalls everywhere and there's water everywhere and if you swipe yourself under a waterfall real quick the water instantly cools you down. Or just fly like
0: really low over like a lake or a pond Yeah, it'll just give you like a A little
1: a little bit of a cool down and then you can keep going, Mm -hmm. which is really nice so it does, the reason that I don't like it is I want to stay in the air forever Agreed. The reason that I do like it is it does make you more conscious of the environment and so being in the air forever is both a plus and minus. There's no stuff in the air right it pays to be on the ground actually because you're still really fast if you're the interceptor um but that's where all of the action is Mm -hmm. so i can see why they wouldn't want you to have the unlimited ability to just fly around forever and ever
0: well especially imagine if you were the interceptor or the storm in the air constantly Oh my god, like you'd be pretty OP. You'd be pretty OP.
1: Yeah. So I get why they did it, but it's still kinda like every time you come down to Earth you're like, Aw, but sky, want fly <laughs> <laughs> in that in those exact words. So it's both a plus and a minus.
0: And the other thing we've mentioned before when we talked about from the demos and everything that and old trailers and everything, it just haven't played as much in this environment in the game yet, but you can go underwater in your suit. Yes. And it's a seamless just like dive into the water. Yeah, and it's really
1: nice. And then you're just instantly a diver dude. And it's yeah. like, oh, you do have an oxygen meter. Right. Same I have yet s- to have been it's in the water. Wa- yeah, it's really long. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, how would you even drown? Exactly. I'm going to have to do it on purpose just to see what happens. You should. Because it hasn't happened yet.
0: Yeah. And unless you're playing later in like a water level that's like way under, which I'm assuming if the ability's there, there probably will be like a mission that takes place a lot of underwater. Yeah. Um, but you
1: can't shoot underwater
0: never had to try actually
1: i don't think you can
0: you might not be able to hmm. oh but then also when you're flying around and say you hit your left bump your left trigger to aim down sights you will pause and hover in air yes and then you and can hit hover-ability stick again so nice. and take off it just it's just feels it's so they nailed that. They
1: mechanic. really did. And the hover is especially helpful for if you're like me and you're constantly not looking where you're going and then you realize you're lost and you're like, oops, got to hover and take a quick look around. Yeah. I forget where I'm going and where I am. So the mechanics are just fantastic. They feel really intuitive. You can get the hang of it very quickly. And there's really not much. Negative that I can say about it the in only terms one of the mechanics.
0: Mechanic that hangs me up so far is I'm not like, the biggest fan of having to hold square to switch weapons.
1: Oh yeah, that is that a one does bit trip confusing. me up a little
0: bit, but not bad. That would yeah. be the only one that like I kind of like. And it's like very minor. Yeah.
1: I use the gun so rarely. you see. <laughs> I I do
0: switch because like I mean a lot of time like I'm the Colossus, so I'm using like auto cannons a lot or big uh, bigger machine guns oh. that have big magazines anyway. So, 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 usually when I do have to switch, it is like, Oh, I'm out of bullets completely. I'm in a tight situation. So does I either just hit. So it starts the reloading animation and just again, not a huge complaint. Just the only thing that sometimes sticks.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Of the guns that I use, I'm a big fan of like the little mini, um, what are they called like the basically the pistols oh okay uh the ones that like shoot really fast oh, machine <laughs> they, pistols and yeah stuff. machine pistol that's the term i was looking for i like the machine pistols and the I think the like more assault rifle kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, I just recently took up attempting to use the sniper rifles.
0: I want to get into those.
1: Really like it so far, but their magazine capacity is so small. You run out of ammo every five seconds. Oh, interesting! And it's re- or at least with the one I'm using, which is actually my one and only epic level weapon. Ooh. Yeah, I finally got a blue weapon, nice. and I was like, I haven't wow, any yet. it's a sniper. I guess I'll have to use it. <laughs> Very cool. So it's really nice. <laughs>
0: So we've talked a lot about the mechanics and all those things. There's obviously a lot of this game that we haven't jumped it, had a chance to really dive into yet. Especially with the, <laughs> you can do a lot of ja- diving with the javelins, but you know because there are basically there are obviously the main missions, there are side missions, but then there are other these other world activities you can do. You can choose to do free play, which basically you just fly around in the world of Bastion, get to explore, do whatever you want. I had some fun with that. And that's where I've actually come up against Titans has been in that, which Titans are nasty boys and
1: free play is really nice because this anthem is like an entirely online game right so there are some modes where you can choose to play privately but in free play that's not an option however even though in theory there are other people in your map when you're in free play you, you have, have no them. incentive to interact with them. You don't have to. You usually don't want to. Unless
0: you're really probably trying to tackle like a world event that pops yeah. up.
1: Yeah. They'll leave you alone. You leave them alone. You can just go derp around and do your own thing.
0: And so another part of this that I wanted to touch on, one of the other play modes, and another note, is that there is no player versus player.
1: Yeah, no, it's just player versus environment. And Maybe. so
0: there is... Then, this other area that you can play in called Strongholds. And I've only messed around with one slightly in the demo, and Mogan has played I the one. I don't want to spend one. a ton of time on this one, on on, on the Strongholds and everything. But still, though, like, what is your experience with that? The, the closest that I can compare those two, they are very similar to Destiny's Strikes, or Ra- they're just these harder, more, or maybe even a raid. I,
1: I, you know. I was going to say, I think the term that most people would. Associate that, ty- that type of play with would be a raid. Okay. So, so,
0: what do you break down for us with Strongholds?
1: Strongholds, I've only played the one, and it was hard, man. And I, mean, I was good. like, oh my God, this is be. really hard. <laughs> so, just like with all of the other non free play missions, you're on a team of four. So, in matchmaking, it'll just pair you with three other people. Mm-hmm. They can be of any of the other javelin types. So, sometimes you wind up with multiples of one. Sometimes you get it perfectly even, and everybody's just one of the javelins. Uh, but essentially, strongholds pits you and your other three people against a key point of contention in the case of the one stronghold that i played which is the very first one so i don't feel like it's a big spoiler at the end of it you come up against this giant insect monster and it's a really interesting battle it's the closest thing to a boss battle that i've come up against in anthem so far and it actually was like a big to do right that thing had a ton of health and did a ton of damage. I I died so many times. Like, every five seconds, I was dead. And I was like, wow, I'm really bad at this game. (laughs) (laughs) I still helped a little, but I felt like, for the most part, I was kind of hurting the team because I was dead so much. I was like, sorry!
0: So how long did it take you and your team to beat the Stronghold? I would
1: say the Stronghold mission probably took us between 20, I wasn't really counting, maybe 20 to 30 minutes Oh more realistically, potentially 45, though. I don't really know how long it's. Oh, okay, good.
0: Because, like, when I've played Destiny, like, the raids before in Destiny, those were multi-hour ordeals. Oh, God,
1: no. That was not, or at least this one. This one was not like that, but it is, like I said, the starter Stronghold mission. So it might, they might get to where they're multi-hour campaigns like that, which in those cases, I could see how you would want to be on comms. Oh, I... I I feel like Strongholds is the mode of the game where you want to have an actual team.
0: That's why I really haven't done one yet, because I wanted to yeah. wait until I could play with you. Give, you don't want to play Kyle with me. On. We will die. Nah, it. <laughs> it'll be fine, because we'll all have, we'll really have mics. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be good.
1: And I'll be like, Jared, excuse me. Over here, down again. <laughs> Come revive me. <laughs>
0: Use my big old Colossus shield to set up and revive. It's going to be fine.
1: <laughs> I mean, some and sometimes it's kind of not worth it to go and revive your teammates instantly though, Oh yeah. because when you go to revive somebody, obviously the more People in one area, the more the enemies come to that area, and then you're both dead. And it's well see, like, this well, is where you crap. need my Colossus
0: because I can use my battle cry ability which pulls all enemies to me.
1: You did that. Oh wow. Yeah. Interesting. What,
0: why? I battle cry, they all come running to me, and then I run right into them with my shield and do massive, insane That's amounts of damage. Fun.
1: That's a fun effect. <laughs> it's so good! I like that.
0: <laughs> so that's pretty much a good overall of what the game will experience. Obviously, there's a lot that we haven't yet. Like there's, you know, there's endgame stuff that we haven't got to yet. And that's why we're not calling this Final Review. And the end game is typically where, for me, these games start to fail. This is where Destiny, Division, all those things kind of started to fall short. So, I, yes. so again, we're very excited about the game right now. Because we're, we're having still a great in the early of time. game. <laughs> a great time with it. Yeah, but we are very much in the early game. It'll be interesting to see. How, and this is why we need to come back to do the final review on this. So that we know, okay, we spent time in the end game. how do we feel about it now? So now, though, to kind of wrap this up and to bring it all into conclusion here, like I said at the beginning, I was surprised you liked this game. So here's the thing. Why? What hooked you on this one?
1: Whether they are more or less similar or not, Anthem, in terms of how I'm viewing it... Is like Monster Hunter World. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's exactly like that. So the whole thing that I like about it is that it's a very convenient game. Boot it up, do one to two missions, no pressure, no stress and then you just quit. Mm-hmm. It's not like other types of games where you have to be super reliant on other people. It helps to have a couple of your friends in game with you just for fun. But it I has played a couple l- missions by yeah. myself. But it has a lot of ability to just pop in, do your thing, pop back out. Super fun. Everybody's yep. having a good time.
0: Well, And again, like I said with, with why I've had so much problem with Division and Destiny before is because raids were this multi-hour. I'm sorry. I don't have time. I, we don't I have try kind of
1: time. I've tried and
0: and it is, like it is the moments when I could set aside the time to even do a raid in Destiny was it, it literally never happened because even I literally played none of the raids. Yeah, there and you I go. I know I'm missing out a ton on the gameplay of Destiny, but it was just I just never felt like I had the time to commit to that yep but this and game I, I do feel like i have yes
1: time. so i can see how uh, so i haven't looked too much into it because i don't want things spoiled for me but some of the initial reviews that i did see about anthem the cons of the game more or less amounted to some people feel the story in the late game winds up being kind of weak mm-hmm. we wouldn't know because we're, we're not there, there yet, yet. Uh, the other thing being that people find it too samey so, when you're doing the various types of missions, they do kind of follow a similar pattern. Yeah. Which I think is why it helps to branch out every now and then and do free play and exactly. then strongholds and then the main story missions. side missions. But the thing is, that's not a con to me because that's the mechanic that feels very much like Monster Hunter World.
0: That's never really bothered me that much either. Now, I will say though that in the end game when you're having to replay those missions because you're grinding for gear...
1: That could might get change my
0: opinion later, yeah. but for now, it hasn't really because I'm still so I think I'm still just so in love with the mechanics of right. it. Like I don't notice because I'm still figuring out new ways to. F-
1: we're so charmed. I know. Just we're so, so we're enchanted. Just, exactly,
0: <laughs> and that's really how I feel like it is. Yeah. So maybe a little bit of blindness to that right now. The only other really big con I have, other than like I said, is the the small, very minor annoyance of having to hold square to switch weapons. The low times they are a little heavy, especially See, on load up.
1: That's laughable from monster hunter world. Like I saw that. Insane? I, I saw somebody complaining about that and I was like, "Ha, huh, you swear. Summer Child, but like, you don't big, even but know
0: what load times are. <laughs> they seem bad, but they're not terrible.
1: They're really not.
0: They're like, I, granted, yeah, there are a couple times I'm like, man, especially on load up of the game, I'm like, man, this is taking bit. But I haven't really, in trying to jump around between missions and all the other stuff, the only other one that slightly is annoying, only because from other Bioware games, I'm used to being able to just hit pause and go to a menu, It is slightly annoying that you have to go, but I also understand it from the design choice of this is a completely online game so it's it's very similar to why they said they haven't had a photo mode in the game yet because how can you just pause
1: yeah exactly
0: so that you have to go and load into the forge every time you want to make a change but again i feel like it's for a very similar reason you have to pretty much pause the game at that point kind of and so I, i i understand it a little annoying though that but i usually just save it till after every time i finish an expedition i or a do mission. Too. i just then i just go to the forge then exactly use all my salvage out old gear that i'm not going to use upgrade craft do a little bit of crafting and everything like that So right. it's you know it's i feel like it's not a huge thing that's really stunting my gameplay
1: indeed i would agree
0: so so we're enjoying the game we both enjoy it a lot anthem for right now
1: thumbs do with that what Curl you will thumbs up.
0: <laughs> but like I said, we'll come back. We'll do a full review and I'm sure we'll touch on it and talk about it more in, in future episodes. But before we go, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight, which obviously you're like, guys, we know you love soundtracks. You haven't talked about the music of Anthem yet. I mean, we have before, but not in this episode. And so we're talking about Anthem again, the music of Anthem again, composed by Sarah Shackner.
1: It's really good. It's a
0: fantastic it's soundtrack. It's a really good soundtrack. I really love, I wound up actually buying the Legion of Dawn edition of the game. Not because it came with some extra armor and stuff like that, but because it came with the soundtrack. And I was like, "I'm gonna buy the soundtrack anyway. I'm just gonna kick a little bit extra here and get it and get the soundtrack." But it is a great. It's very atmospheric that I love. But also the one thing and the my the biggest thing because it stood out so clearly to me and not one that you hear in a lot of soundtracks or in music in general. The didgeridoo.
1: Yeah, I love the didgeridoo.
0: (laughs) In the soundtrack. It sounds so good. It it's is such like, a fun What is
1: happening here?
0: It's it's great because the music equally fits I mean, the music amazingly fits into this sci-fi yet Natural.
1: I thought you were going to say because the game is full of giant scorpions and spiders. And It's like, oh yeah, just like I mean, Australia. Like we're playing in Australia, <laughs> true.
0: I had not made that connection, but yeah. no, I do love that. Like, it's very much this game feels very much a technological and biological game because yes. you are. It is very much this like these mech warriors fighting giant monsters kind of yeah. thing. And I feel like the soundtrack very well mirrors that.
1: In terms of the world of Bastion, I do really like what they they've done. So, just quick to close this out while you're pulling up the song uh the rpg elements in terms of being able to talk to npcs and have a lot of interesting conversations and build relationships that's also something that i'm having a lot of fun with just in fort tarsis oh yeah when you're not in missions you're just derping around talking to people i'll go down to the bar see what everybody's up to even that's a lot of fun for me so overall i would say that i am really enjoying the game so far
0: very nice very nice so the track that we're going to pick is first flight again it's by sarah Shackner from anthem But we hope that you've enjoyed our first impressions of Anthem the game. We've got a ton left still that we have to discover and a ton more that we have to play. But we are still enjoying that our time that we've had in it so far. We'll let you know, though, if that changes. But until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. Thank you for sticking around for this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Come back next week for another great new episode on another fun gaming topic. But until then, we'll see you all next time. Stick around for the song.